0: This is the Partnership Podcast. It's Eric Williams. I am glad to be with you. I am joined by a guest, uh, John Burns, Slalom Fox Cocktails, owner, operator, player, coach. John, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you. Here We're uh, recording this in my office. I like to give people a sense like of where they're at, you know, so they can see the conversation because they're sitting here at the table with us.
1: Oh, fair point. You yeah. know,
0: I want them to I want them to be here in this moment with us because okay. uh, you and I, have uh, we've chatted on the phone, we've emailed, but we're meeting for the first time. We're finding we have all these connections that uh, that go way back and I think that you and I are destined to be friends. I think
1: we are as well, yeah. All right,
0: there we go. See, I had to put that on the radio <laughs> there. Now it's out there. Now it's going to happen. There it is. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> talk to me about, uh, and I, if it's okay with you, I'm going to use you as a guinea pig right now. We are going to use you as an awesome test case because you bring so much uh, to this conversation in the way that you started a small business, that you have a business in the front range that does a lot of business here in the mountains. So I think you bring a lot of unique perspectives uh, to this conversation. Uh, so talk to me about uh, the inception of Slalom Fox, if you will, and uh, where the whole idea, where where did the canned cocktail thing come
1: from? Yeah, so this was probably three or four years ago. Um, and it was kind of when all these things were beginning. It was after, probably well after the the craft beer in a can thing happened, but um, it started with that kind of conversation. And we found there were so many other options. There was canned wine and all these things. And it sounds like such a simple concept, but there weren't that many of them out there. Yeah. And I think traditionally the prepared drinks were, or ready-to-drinks drink were like the margarita mix that you would go take home and put your own tequila in and mix it in the blender kind of thing. Yeah. But it wasn't a grab-and-go situation. So we were kind of opportunistic, to be honest. We just thought, boy, this could be so much fun to get into. Um, You know, we mixed the drinks at home and really made them at home in our kitchen and kind of came up with the recipes and things. So it was really like that. We thought it would be a lot of fun to try something new. My wife and I have always talked about, you know, doing something on our own and just kind of were like, we didn't do it. So we just decided, yeah, let's go. You know, let's take a chance.
0: Uh, there's We have, honestly, we could go down a hundred different routes with this uh, podcast uh, because uh, working with your wife, when you say we, that is the partner in this business, I want to know uh, when you said, let's go for it, what was the impetus? Uh, you know, was it COVID-based or was it pre-COVID? Uh, what was it that really like kicked you in the butt and said, we got to do something? It's actually crazy. We
1: um, So it was pre-COVID. We felt like there was a window of time, okay. you know, when th- these things were coming out. We had business partners or potential partners that we could collaborate with that could make it happen within that window of maybe a year or two. So someone had kind of uh, who was in the business brought it to our attention and kind of thought, you know, hey, we could work together on this. It was pre-covid, but the funny thing is that my wife found out she was pregnant like right when we started it. But we had already put the money in, already put the time in, already started it. So we were like all in. And then we were expecting our fifth kid. So oh, we were like, uh, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> but we were already in. Yeah. And so we just kind of kept going. Yeah. Um, it's just one more baby,
0: isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, She tells us they 60. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> does she? I imagine. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, you know front range and uh, and doing business up here uh, in the mountains you, I, when I when we first started talking I thought you lived up here because of the, the presence of this uh, you know it is kind of, we've seen it around it's you know it's obviously at our yeah, BBP mixers we have a cool partnership now so I'm seeing it more but uh...
1: we wanted to focus on the mountains just because we thought it was a fit like from a branding perspective we tried to make it a fit, we um, thought it fit well with whether it be, and this is what we were talking about the other day, whether it be someone who's kind of throwing one in their bag as they head up the gondola to go, you know, yeah. and I know the resort's on that a little bit, <laughs> but it happens. We all do it. It's um, okay. <laughs> or just, you know, summertime, you know, you're going out to the river, you're going camping, you want an alternative to beer, yep. which, not knocking beer, I do no, plenty no, of that no. myself, yeah. but like for people who want a cocktail, it was an option. So we thought like the kind of mountain environment fit really well with what we wanted to do and who we wanted to appeal to. So we spent a lot of time up here, you know, focused on that. I told
0: John I'd never share this uh, on the air, but uh, I do have... I told him my one of my first experiences with Slalom Fox was I threw it in the uh, fishing vest. My son and I went and uh, were fishing, and he said, Dad, what are you drinking? And then uh, grabbed it and said, that's a lot better than beer. We're not getting into that. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was. that's what I wanted in that moment it was an alternative and just something else, and it really did feel like it fit. I'm glad that the market has uh, seemed to play out. And so, you know, fast forward a little bit, uh, the business has been working, but uh, you're saying it's uh, one of the things that you and I talked about earlier, which I thought was fascinating, this idea of you're always kind of swimming against a bigger tide, being a smaller business, even though we seem to be so supportive of small business and cocktails and ideas like this in this community. Talk about this idea of community versus the greater system.
1: Yeah, that's um, and the community is incredibly supportive. So, especially up here, um, I I think it is, but, but I could talk about Colorado in general. I think the community is super, super supportive. It can be competitors. You know, there's other companies that you're setting up at an event, you're sitting next to each other and you're sharing ideas. Um, you're sharing a list of good events to participate in. Some yeah. events that don't have a good showing. Like literally, everybody wants to help one another. At the end of the event, people are like, oh, "I got some extra samples. Take our stuff home and try it." This is, a, you know, it's it's a very fun, friendly, supportive environment from that perspective. Um, the system thing that that becomes interesting and challenging that we were talking about is just that it's hard to be a small player. So, like, if it if you're going to play that out a little bit. You know, we're manufacturing small batches, Mm -hmm. right? Small batches, 200 cases. Some people are making 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 cases. So just from a price point, some of those things become challenging to kind of start up a small business in that environment. Um, It's just the kind of nature of the system. And if you want to start small, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Um,
0: It's interesting, the dichotomy of the idea that I would think that you should be driving up here in your brand new Lamborghini because of how well that, uh, how well it's received in this community, and how I've seen it at uh, you know different friends' houses. Oh, have you had one uh, Yeah, I've had that one before. You know, it's kind of like a fun little. Oh, I know. So this guy must be just blowing up across the world right now. But, uh, but small business is different that way. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean it. It is, and you start out with what you have. Um, I mean, that's a whole different topic you could go down, but I mean, just funding in general is super challenging, right? Because you start out with your little nest egg and you start working on this. And I think this could translate to almost any kind of small business in the area is you start out with that and then how do you grow it? How do you figure out where to invest? At what point do you up, you know, upgrade and try to get a lower cost product, but you have to manufacture three or four times as more. So managing the, the financial side of that is super challenging. You just have to be on the ball. Yeah um, from my perspective.
0: Well, and then how do you get past that? Because if you do say there's people that are, <laughs> we're going deep into the weeds now. So I used to yeah. work for a restaurant before, but, uh, you know, and I have, uh, someone like you coming up saying, would you like to sell my cocktail in your restaurant? And then we have somebody else and they say, well, this is $2 cheaper, but I know yours is of such quality. I know you're this small business, but they're just able to do that because of canning and because of, uh, the quantity that they're putting out. And how do you, how do you get past that hump? Is it uh, just employee and uh, customer loyalty or do you have to just like take some giant financial jump and try to? <laughs> I think it could be both. I mean,
1: I, yeah. think, I think that's where the community comes back in, where you know that. I don't think I've heard this speci- specifically from the locations that carry our stuff, but I'm sure there are plenty of them that are like, look, we know the brand. We know they're local. We know it's a small company. We want to support that. So yeah. we're going to put that on you know, either our Colorado, Colorado only section, or we're definitely going to carry it, even though we not, we may not be making as much money on this as other products are. Yeah, I think that's where those, those companies are super supportive and it's helpful. But it's yeah, cool. I mean, that is part of it. I mean, but of, of course there's, um, yeah, there's always that potential for that financial leap that you have to take too. It's a little bit of both. I yeah. mean, when you're running the business yourself, I mean, it's all a financial leap. Like <laughs> we were saying, like at the beginning of the conversation, it was, we were all in. Yeah. And so you kind of take that leap from the start. And I think that's really what, I think that's what pushes people to start their own business and to try to create something. You know it's not going to be perfect. And if you wait until the situation is perfect, I don't think you'll ever do it. Yeah, Because you'll never have all the money you need to do this, all the information you need to do that. I think it's just one of those things where you have to be passionate about it and let it, let it roll. But know that it's
0: somewhere within there, there's going to be a leap. And if you wait for every road to just get paved in front of you, then you'll just be waiting forever. I do.
1: Because yeah. another thing that we were talking about and then I was thinking about on the drive up today was um, was people. So one of the challenges that we've had was if you think at some of these businesses, some of the people that, I'll say, rotate in and out of jobs, and I'll use like Vale Resorts as an example, awesome people that we've met, but someone that's working at one restaurant is trying to get promoted and move to the next restaurant. Oh, yeah. I mean, it happens mid-season three times yeah this is
0: employee musical chairs right yeah and
1: so you know you feel like you've created a great relationship with somebody and then you go back in to kind of try to hey you're going to put these on the shelves how are we going to handle this and then well they're not here anymore they're gone yeah and so those challenges too it's just you know you know you always get a curveball and the reason i brought that up is because i think from the start I would have never known that when we started this. Yeah, You can't start something and think you're going to know everything. You're not going to have all the those type of details. You kind of have to realize that you're going to learn on the fly and... Like I said, you just have to go with it. I mean, you are. I would have. Who could have predicted that? Yeah. Well, maybe somebody could. Have, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It wasn't
0: me. So when you uh, when you come up and you have these relationships or you have to restart these relationships, what are some of these techniques that you use, especially, you know, with a hyper local market? Uh, how do you come into some of these businesses? We always think that uh, in this community, it's such a unique business community. You don't understand it unless you've been here. But obviously, you understand this from not an outsider perspective, but sure. a, a close enough perspective one
1: of the things that we've tried to do is tap into the consumer loyalty so if we work an event um you know there's a lot of events that happen when it gets a little bit um when it's warm around everything and we'll have uh, over by the amphitheater there's the gardens there where there's tons of events outside there's like a wine tasting event there's some cocktail beer events those kind of things yeah we try to tap into the people who come by and just tell us they love the product yeah and just say listen this is one of those things that you can help support small businesses, whether it be our brand or the brewery right next to us. If you love it, wherever you shop, just go tell them. Let them know that you love the product and support it that way. Because a lot of these other businesses too, like pick one of the liquor stores or a hotel or somewhere, they want to carry products that people want to buy as well. Yeah. And so the more input they can get, the more successful their business is going to be. So we kind of lean on each other, I think, from
0: that way. Yeah. Um, well, that's something I don't think I do often enough is, uh, you know, if I am checking out, uh, is to tell them I really do like this one and make a point of, uh, you know, pointing that out. I try to do it when you get a really good server or a really good service. You know, totally. Hey, John did great today. You know, <laughs> Man, he was just great. Did you hired that guy, you know, and makes make somebody's day in that way. But uh, yeah, I can make your day tangentially by saying, by, you know, providing that customer loyalty from up here.
1: I think it, you could say that for anybody that's at least in the business that we're in, anybody that is a brewery or cocktail or anything that's local like that, I think that that goes a really long way. Yeah. And again, I do believe that it helps those businesses also make sure they're carrying products that people like. So it kind of supports them as
0: well. So let's go back to your business just a little bit because uh, I want to talk about the future. Uh, we've talked about where we are currently and how things are kind of working, but uh, employees being obviously one of those. Uh, always things that every industry struggles with. Sure. But let's look to the future. Gazing in that crystal ball, what's it uh, look like down the line for you? How do you jump to that that larger thing? and Or what do you see the future of slalom fox being? Um, you know, the
1: big thing for us is we really are still focused on Colorado. We're only available in Colorado right now. And um, it feels like you want to go big and kind of be everywhere. But our goal is to really just establish ourselves as a as a colorado brand right now um so we're just trying to get better we're hoping to come out with some new products and new flavors and those kind of things we're always kind of experimenting you know whether it be in the kitchen or just looking at what's popular and things change all the time as well you know one season tequila is the big drink you know bourbon's the next big thing so you know kind of going with those times and also trying to stay ahead of that a little bit um but we're heavily focused on colorado um yeah, and that's, really, I mean, that's where uh, we're at right now, so I'm I just proud. want to stay focused. I appreciate
0: that color of yeah. focus. Well, personally, I do, but yeah. if you come out with new products, you're going to come out with new colors, because that's how your product <laughs> is a little bit defined now. I was like, no, the green one. Right. Uh, well, did
1: we do get that. Out? That was a total accident, by the way, and that's another total t- tangent, but yeah. my wife and our graphic designer were sitting working on the labels um, at a brewery, yeah. and um, they were just kind of hovering through the different uh, labels, and accidentally, our graphic designer, Zane, clicked on a color, and it filled in all the white with that color of each can and Katie was just like, oh my god, that's, we gotta do that. So it, really like, it was a total colors. accident.
0: Yeah, I really do like the colors, too. No, I appreciate. It. Yeah, but it was a total accident. Those yeah. two
1: came up with it. It's just weird <clears> how <throat> you stumble upon things. Oh, it's
0: like how you order a Kool-Aid, you know, you don't order it by flavor. You order, you <laughs> right. order it by color. color. That's the way that I think of Slalom Fox. Uh, let me hit you with one more question, it's just industry-based, because uh, you and I both said that we, do, we are beer drinkers, so the idea of the craft beer bubble, right, uh, there were so many craft breweries that started popping up in every different direction, and uh, we've kind of seen that bubble start to go away. A lot of them start to, you know, a lot of them were bought by larger companies. Sure, uh, The good ones stuck around, and then uh, the mediocre ones, they went down uh, at that point. Is there going to be, in your mind, a bubble for this uh, <laughs> for canned Cocktails? Um, are we going to see a resurgence? Because it does feel like, oh, there's a few more. I haven't seen that one. I bet, I can imagine you see a label or two, like, where did that come from? Yeah, no, it's, that's
1: know? totally true. So, th- it's, a, it's a weird combination of, of where this came from. So, you have some companies who are distilleries, And I think they were looking for an alternate revenue solution because I don't know, maybe people aren't buying a bottle of XYZ spirit all the time. So they were like, boy, this might be something that we could get more repeat business from utilize their spirits, maximize the investment they've already made in the company. So you have some companies like that. You have some like us who only went straight into craft cocktails, um, so I, I think it's possible. Yeah. I think you'll find some of these bigger brands because every big brand, you know, not just like the Cutwater, but like a Jim Beam or Crown Royal, all of these companies have something like that now. Yeah. And so I wonder if some of them might contemplate, hey, this did or didn't work and, and kind of go by the wayside. I think there's probably some smaller companies like us who, yeah, I mean, it's tough. So I could see how companies might be like, look, you know, this we've got to cut our losses or whatever decision that you end up making yeah. and kind of... Um, Some people might go too big too fast, you know, try to expand too quickly. So that's the other thing for us with the focus and just trying to be focused here, try to be successful here. And, uh, yeah, to try to, you know, sustain through that potential bubble and really focus on differentiating ourselves. We try to make ingredients the big
0: differentiator and... and, uh, well, and if I can say it on this podcast, because they're hearing it, is you make uh, that personal connection and that personality. You know, if you're coming up and talking to people and your wife's coming up and talking to people and the people that you interact with, is, the, 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 you understand this market. It's obvious. And you understand the, the Colorado feel. So that has to... It is funny that
1: way. When you're working events, that people come up and they're like, you know, you should tell so-and-so. I'm like, well, it's our company. And they're like, what? Really? You know, I mean, the people are surprised by that. But... You know, back to the small business hustle kind of... That's what you have to do. I yep. mean, you know, that's how... I think that's how these things start. you got to put in the extra time. and And I do think it comes back to staying in tune with the consumers that way. You know what's important to them, what they like, what they don't like. So... It's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun, um, and I think it helps to influence what you do next from a business perspective.
0: You've got uh, you've got kids, so you remember this movie, Robots, that came out not all that long ago. But the main tagline in it was "See a need, fill a need." All right there, you go. You That's guys right. did. You saw a need, you filled a need, and you found uh, something to be passionate about. Hey, thanks for your insights through this. Uh, it really is kind of cool looking at through uh, your lens and your perspective and. Uh, you know the what I perceive is a massive success because uh, I really like your product and I have friends that really like your product. Uh, what you're perceiving is a, a step on the road.
1: Yes, which, absolutely. Which, thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: thanks for being here. All right, this is the Partnership Podcast, and uh, we'll probably cut out when you say "thanks for having me." So. <laughs>